everybody. Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a round of applause this morning. Amen, 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 amen. So glad to have everyone in the house of God this morning. Amen. And a Christmas Sunday morning, we're here to praise God. Amen. We're going to continue to praise God and give him all the glory because he's worthy to be praised. Amen. So glad to welcome everyone this morning into the house of God, our online congregation. We welcome you this morning. Amen. We want you to have a good time in the Lord this morning. Worship the Lord with us this morning. Truly serving an awesome God. We're going to invite you to stand with us. Amen. Amen. Let us pray as we invite the Lord's presence among us. As we give you, all, as we give him all the glory and all the honor this morning because he's truly worthy to be praised. So pray with us this morning as we get ourselves ready for our service this morning. Father God, we come in your presence one more time, Lord God. We give you all the glory, O oh God. We give you all the honor, Lord God. You are truly worthy to be praised, O oh God. You are the mighty God. You are the Prince of Peace. You are the King Eternal, Immortal, the Invisible God. The one that we worship and adore. We thank you for this another day that you have made. We want to rejoice and be glad in it, O oh God. Oh, Father God, we honor you this morning, O oh God. We praise your name. Oh, God, we give you glory and we give you honor, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for being so good to us, O oh God. We thank you for waking us up this morning and placing us in the right mind, O oh God. We thank you for the strength in our body, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for everyone that came out this morning to worship you. Oh God, those that are at home this morning, we ask you, Lord God, that you will be with them, oh God, that you will strengthen us, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, before we conclude the service today, we can say we're surely good for us to be in the house of God. Father God, as we give you praise this morning, the hearth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For you say, we shall be like a tree that planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth your fruit in your season. Our leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever we do shall prosper. This morning as we come, we ask your will to be done, Lord God. Let your will be done, your kingdom come. We give you glory and all the honor. Bless every aspect of the service. Move upon us individually and collectively like never before, Lord God. As we worship you, Lord God, lay, help us to lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily beset us. And help us, Lord God, to look to you from whence to make our help, O oh God. We praise you this morning, for you are great and greatly to be praised. There is none like you. There is none to compare. You are the one that is and that is to come. The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. You are the first and the last. You are the immutable God. You are the only wise God. You are the one that we worship and adore. Let your will be done in this place this morning. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. And can we just give the Lord a round of applause this morning? Hallelujah. Anybody have joy in the house this morning? I said, does anybody have joy in the house this morning? Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord for his spirit this morning. Let's worship and praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Joy to the world, the 
Why don't you raise a shout in the building? 
while some people in the world are worrying you have that joy you have that spirit you know the truth hallelujah is that joy that we have that's our strength this morning hallelujah jesus we thank you lord we thank you lord we bless your name jesus Anybody love the Lord this morning?
morning sing we exalt
Amen. One more time. Give the Lord another round of applause this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Before you're seated this morning, I just want you to turn to the person to your left or to your right and just say, good to see you in the house of God this morning. Good to see you. Hallelujah. Turn to the other person and say, it's good to see you this morning. Hallelujah. Good to see you all this morning. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Merry Christmas to everyone. The Lord bless you. You may be seated if you can. Amen. We want to say welcome to everyone that is in the house of God this morning. Our online congregation, we welcome you this morning. Merry Christmas to you all this morning. Amen. Feel at liberty. Worship the Lord with us this morning. He's truly worthy to be praised. He's the one that we worship and adore. Amen. And no better day than a Sunday morning, a Christmas morning, to be in this present where we can worship him together. Amen. We're, we're, we're privileged people. Amen. You know, I was coming up this morning, driving up, you know, um, living in my, in my neighborhood, in my community there, uh, a very big church that I admire in my area, you know. I know I guess everybody thinks a little bit different, a little way different. And I'm not against, uh, you know, your, your days of worship. Some people set aside special day to worship. But, uh, you know, I was surprised on a Christmas morning that the church door was closed. You know, and um, a lot of people may be doing it for tradition, just for observation of Christmas. But we are here because we are privileged. We are peculiar. If you please... He died for us. He loved us so much. And we hear no better thing that we can do on a Sunday morning just to be in his presence, just to worship him. Just to let him know how much we love him. How much we adore him. And I welcome everyone this morning that is here to worship the Lord. We pray that God will bless our endeavor this morning and God will bless us. God is in our midst this morning. Continue to worship the Lord this morning. God's going to do something great for us this morning. Amen. I'm going to ask Minister Bradley. He's going to come on up. Amen. As we get ready for our offering. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord, everybody. And Merry Christmas to every single person in the house. Come on, put your hands together today, this morning. I really am lost of words. All I got to say, this is awesome. This is really awesome. From this vantage point, if you can see the congregation, this is awesome. And I can't wait. I'm telling you, I am, I, I, I mean, this is, I'm really overwhelmed. When I was looking back, I said, there's more people coming. And I said, we're going to pack this place until we can't pack anymore because we got a word to give forth. That Jesus is Lord and Jesus is risen and Jesus was born. And he came to this dying world and he came that you will have life. If you choose to have him in your life, he will give you new life. Come on, put your hands together one more time. And I'm so blessed. Thank you all on a side note for your prayers. And I appreciate this church so much for your support. On wishing my wife and I are on our first anniversary. We thank you so much. And those who are also watching 
those who are not here, we thank you for your texts, calls, etc. Just get out of the way. So thank you so much, everyone. And of course, we had a good time on Friday night. But it is offering time, and we are going to give God the praise in our offering because it's a part of worship. And uh, these are the forms of giving in our REACH program. And those who are first-time guests, uh, we are have a spiritual journey and an actual REACH program that we will continue to uh, magnify and advance God's kingdom in the new area and territory and the property on Fort Tennis Court right here in the city of Hamilton where we are yet going to do great things in the body of Christ for those at large. And this is a part of our worship and giving. Whatever your commitment is, this is where you will put your envelope. And also in our tithe giving, our tithe and offering is very important that we continue to give to God's kingdom. Are you happy to be in God's house today? Come on. It's a wonderful day. Our ushers can come. You know, there's the theme as I as we have to pray. There's a theme in a movie, an old movie everyone knows. If you watched it, it's an old movie. Those maybe younger may not have known about it, but it's called The Wizard of Oz, right? And Dorothy had one wish. What was her wish? They said there was no place like home. I come to tell you, saints of God, if it's your first time or if it's your second time or you're just a continuing member of our church, there's no place like Christ in the church, okay? There's no place to be than in this Christ in the church on a Christmas morning. And you're going to be blessed going on, going forward even into the new year. Let's all stand in the presence of the Lord as we pray today's service on this Christmas morning. Father, in Jesus' name, we give you praise and glory and honor because you are God. Thank you for your presence that you are here. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for the opportunity of giving to your kingdom. God, we do not take this lightly, but God, we honor you in the giving of our offering that we may give unto your kingdom. Knowing, knowing that, God, there's not a price that we can measure that will satisfy even Oh, God, your desires, Lord God, in our hearts, because it is you that giveth wealth, and you have the power to give us the ability to give into your kingdom. And we know that, God, in our possessions that we have, we want to yet make sure that we're sowing into a good soil, good ground. And we know in good ground we're sowing, we're going to see a return in that investment. Bless those even who do not have the ability to give. Those who are watching, let them have a desire those who are at home sitting around the table watching us i pray that they'll give their hearts to give electronically and we pray that you'll continue to bless this congregation each and every family that is here we thank god for each and every one that is present in this service and we ask of your blessings in jesus mighty name let the church say amen and amen as minister scar will come to minister us god bless
Jesus is Lord. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the great I am. Hallelujah. We thank God for his goodness and his mercy. So good to be in the house of the Lord. So good to be with you this morning. All of you that are here, those of you that have joined us via live stream. What a great, great presence of the Lord we're experiencing. And we thank God for his goodness and his mercy. I felt like it was just not long ago that we said, welcome to the great month of December. I just said that. Doesn't it feel like, just like the other day I said, welcome to the great month of December. And today is the 25th of December. My, how did time just escape us and slip away? We have celebrated a lot of birthdays December. We sure have. Still have some more to celebrate, some more birthdays, but we've celebrated many birthdays in this month. We have celebrated anniversaries. The Guthrie family went away on their anniversary, and the only picture I saw on their anniversary was them on a boat in some shades. I said, where's my shades this morning? (laughs) Can I wear some shades too? My goodness. So happy for them. So happy for you all. And we just got news this morning that we have something else to celebrate. The Jimenez family are expecting one more added to the family. Brother Andre is glowing. Sister Jasmine is glowing. That's right. This is the East Coast baby. I like that. You all had to have an East Coast baby. That's right. They came all the way from the West Coast to have an East Coast baby. Hallelujah. We're so happy for them and what God is doing in their life. It is such a blessing. I was just thinking, and I pray all the time. I say, God, this work that you've started here in Christ Center Church, you know what you're doing, but I still do ask him to give us committed, anointed, dedicated young people that whenever, if he doesn't return in the near future, in the next 20 years or next 10 years, that we will have young people that will continue to lead this church, anointed young people, holy and righteous young people that fear God and will live for God. And by us having children, the possibilities look good. When we have children, the possibilities look good. So I am grateful to God for what he has started in this church. And remember I told you, I am just so committed to saying I know that there's a place in this country that's called the Bible Belt, but I'm not giving up. I believe the Northeast can become the greatest Bible Belt of this country. I really believe it. I am not just saying it. I really believe it. And this is why you might say, man, you know, we could have just stayed home and we could have just chilled. But can I be honest with you? We are so far away from just living that consistent godly life where God is the central focus of our life here in the Northeast. The Northeast, we're about power, we're about ownership, we're about 
you know, uh, just taking, you know, uh, uh, ownership of whatever we can. And, you know, pride is a big thing in this area. And so it's hard for the church to thrive because we're so locked in on just some of the things that has plagued this area for so long. Listen, as you've heard me said, this world, the, the power of this world is located here in the Northeast. The world, not just the United States, but from D.C. to Boston is the most powerful states, cities in this world. It is. And so that makes it hard and challenging for the gospel to move across the Northeast. But if it's up to us, we're going to do everything that we can to bring Jesus in the Northeast so people can know him for themselves. Not just to be casual Christians, but to really be living this thing for, for real, for real. And we thank God for that. It is good to be in the house of the Lord on this Christmas morning. Welcome all of you, and we are so glad of what's going on and what God is doing. We have some guests with us this morning, and we want to greet you before we get into the word of the Lord. Amen. Richard, we want you to just raise your hand. Richard, amen. So good to have you this morning, Richard. We met Richard at the picnic. Richard, can I tell you a secret? To me, now I'm the pastor and I'm telling you, to me, the two most important fellowship events this church has is the picnic and the Christmas banquet. And you were at both. You know what that means, Richard. This is where you belong. <laughs> we welcome you this morning to your first church service here at Christ Center Church. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Stephanie, where is Stephanie? Stephanie, don't hide Stephanie. Stephanie, nice to have you this morning. God bless you, Stephanie. Thank you for coming. You could be any place else this morning, but you chose to be here with us in Christ Center Church. We're so glad that you're here. Thanks for coming. Stephanie is Sister Josephine's sister. Jeffrey. Where's Jeffrey? Jeffrey. Amen. Jeffrey, it's nice to have you. Jeffrey looks sharp. Jeffrey looks like he's about something. Jeffrey, welcome to Christ Center Church. Stephanie, he take care of you? Uh, let me tell you this, Stephanie. Let me just say this, Stephanie. I know I do this all the time. Stephanie, he came to church with you. Ain't a lot of men coming to church with women. So you need to start paying attention. If he wasn't giving you, if he was giving you a little trouble, give him a little break now because he came to church with you. Maybe there's some things to talk about because he came to church with you. If there's anything I can do, Stephanie, you know, anything, you know, don't go giving your money to some guy to do some stuff for you. I'll do it for free. I'm way ahead, Stephanie. We welcome you, Jeffrey. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Danielle and Charmaine Robinson. Danielle and... Oh, look what we have here. Danielle and Charmaine. Charmaine. Okay. We missed you the other night at the Christmas um, banquet. Danielle was there. Why you didn't bring her? You don't know? Well, I'm glad you brought her to church this morning. You brought her to church, right? 
We welcome you to Christ Center Church. Thank you for being here this morning. Let's welcome all of our guests to Christ Center Church this morning. Amen. Before I get into the Word of God, because I don't know how the service will end today, I just know it will end at some point. I just want to remind you. That doesn't mean anything. I just said what the Holy Ghost. Don't forget our watch night service is Saturday night at, what did I say, 9 or 10 p.m.? 9 p.m. Saturday night at 9 p.m. Let me try to keep some of you out of trouble. I'm telling you, you think it's a joke. But you get out there, you know, around that time, 9, 10, 11, 12, you know it's a lot of mess that go on out there. Come to church. If you want to guarantee you're going to see the new year, come to church. Come here at 9, and if you fall asleep on us, it's okay. All you know is when you're in the presence of the Lord, the midst of God, you don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to worry about drunk drivers. You don't have to worry about crazy people. Just come to the house of God and just let's chill and enjoy the presence of God. Our service will start at 9 p.m. Saturday, which is New Year's Day, and um, we want you to come and be with us. And then Sunday morning at 1030, one service, we will be back here again Sunday morning. Again, another thing you might look and say, man, they crazy. They crazy. They're going to have watch night service Saturday night and come back here Sunday morning. I want you all to know how my brain works so you know what you're dealing with. My poor last born child yesterday, I don't know if he was kidding or what he was trying to say, but he came to me and says, Dad, I think we should um, stream church service tomorrow. Meaning, I should stream it from the from the house like we did when we call it basement church because when pandemic hit, we were having church in our basement and we were streaming it, right? So he's like, Dad, I think we should have basement church. He felt the wrath like he ain't never felt the wrath without getting a beating. It's listen, it's one thing to feel the wrath and get a beating. He felt the wrath without getting a beating. He just went upstairs quietly and didn't talk for about a good hour. You know what I said to him? I said, boy, the New England Patriots are playing a football game right now outside. It's about seven degrees and people are outside. The Pittsburgh Steelers will play a game later and that will be minus weather. And I went on. I said, don't you ever because we're not worshiping outside. (laughs) So when you want to wonder what's wrong with me, just understand that when I lived as a unsaved unchristian person I live the world and I get so intense when it comes down to when I have to contemplate how I allowed well I will not allow the things I used to do before I was saved to be greater than the things I do now that I am saved because when I did those things I did them for self-pleasure for pleasing self and for pride and to just be a part of the world and now I'm doing this for eternity, to have eternal life, to have a real relationship with Christ, to treat people right and live holy and righteous, and I'm supposed to draw back? Can't do it. Can't do it. So that's why you might say, why is he doing all this? Because I want to live more for God than I ever did for the devil. Just the way it is. Just the way it is. 
And I'm not telling you to live the same way. I'm just telling you I will be an example. I'm not going to be someone excuse why they shouldn't live for God, but I'm going to be an example as to why they should live for God. And I want to make myself available. I believe that's what God wants. He wants his church to be available to reach all people, and that's what we are. We are his church, and we need to do make sure we're available to be a blessing to others and not think about our comfort and ourself. Matthew chapter 2, verse number 1. Matthew chapter 2, verse number 1. Again, welcome to Christ Center Church. Thank you for being here this morning. Amen. Look forward to what God will do in the new year. You don't have to stand. We're going to just read from Matthew 1, chapter 1, and I'm going to read from 1. Well, let's stand for the reading of the word. You can stand a little bit. You can stand a little bit. Amen. (laughs) I would tell you to turn your Bibles. Well, somebody have a Bible. Somebody have a Bible. Three Bibles, four Bibles, five Bibles. I'm counting Bibles today. Six Bibles. All right. I understand that we don't bring Bibles anymore because, you know, all of that stuff. I understand. But sometimes electronics don't work. Sometimes electronics don't work. (laughs) Just saying. Matthew chapter number 2, verse number 1 says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah, in the day of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, He was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes. Of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Can I just pause right there to tell you? We serve a God that is for the underdog, we serve a God that goes and reaches for those who are less fortunate and those who think they're the least of society. Because it's hard for you to please God with pride. And when you are feeling like you're the least of them, there's not a whole lot of pride. And so when you read your Bible, as much as we want to think that the Lord is about, you know, look at this and look at that and grandiose things, he's not that kind of God. As a matter of fact, Israel thought that he was supposed to come as this king riding on a white horse with all his crown and diamonds and everything and that's not the way he came verse 7 says then Herod when he had privily called the wise men inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared and he sent them to Bethlehem and said go and search diligently for the young child 
And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gathering of the body of Christ this morning. We feel so privileged and we are so in awe to be in your presence and to be able to celebrate you today. Uh, God, I pray that your presence will move us like we've never been moved. I pray that we will experience your joy like we've never experienced. I pray that we will experience deliverance that we so desperately need. And I pray that we will receive the salvation of the Lord and be changed, transformed, and renewed. Lord, I pray this morning that you have your way and you place me in the flow of your spirit to rightly divide the word of truth and that the hearts of your people will be open and receptive to the word of God. Will you have your way this morning and do only what you can do? For Lord, we worship you and adore you. We appreciate you and thank you for all these things. We pray in the wonderful and masterful name in the name of Jesus. Can everybody say amen and give a hand clap of praise unto him. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I would like to talk to you this morning on this topic. Gifts Fit for a king. Gifts fit for a king. Hear me. From the visit of the wise men has inspired our idea of keeping Christmas with the giving of gifts. You want to know what's the inspiration for Christmas in case... We don't, we're not sure. The inspiration for Christmas and giving of gifts was taken from the passages of Scripture we just read. And so they have named it Christmas, but the name is not as important as what we're doing. And so we, we know Christmas as it is today because this was inspired from the text we read this morning. Many have said they don't celebrate Christmas because the idea came from non-Christians, the wise men. But can I tell you this morning, there are Christians who celebrate Christmas with the right motives and with godly deeds. We're here this morning because we're celebrating the true and living Savior, Jesus the Christ. That's why we're here and that's why we celebrate Christmas. Our chief idea for keeping Christmas is to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We also keep Christmas by doing deeds that make others happy. 
Are you happy this morning? Yes, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, but he also came that we may have life and have it more abundantly, which essentially should make all of us happy. So Jesus, the Savior, was born, and he came to make us happy. We also understand that making others happy can be done best by giving gifts. Giving gifts make others happy because it blesses both the one who gives it and the one who receives it. That's the thing about gifts that I don't know if you ever stop to think about. That when you give, like for instance, my granddaughter received her phone this morning, and guess what? She is just as excited as she can be, but guess what? Her parents felt good that they can give her something that they know she wanted. So giving of gifts blesses both the giver and the receiver. Somebody said that's a good thing. In giving gifts, we remember especially the little ones because we think of the child Jesus when the wise men brought him gifts. We then rise beyond the little ones to all those who Jesus taught us to think of as his brethren, those who have less than we do. And so as we celebrate Christmas, the birth of our Savior, Let's think of the little ones, but let's also think of those who are less fortunate than some of us. Keeping Christmas by celebrating the birth of our Savior and giving gifts to each other is a wonderful custom that I'm sure the Lord Jesus is pleased with. So go on and celebrate Christmas with the right motive. Go on and celebrate Christmas and do the right deeds because it's surely pleases the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Lord gave the wise men a special sign by sending a star that announced the birth of the king. The star led the wise men to Jerusalem where the prophets of the Lord told them that the king would be born. We do not know how many wise men there were from the three gifts listed in Matthew. Some people have assumed there were three wise men, but we're not certain. Keep in mind that these men were Gentiles from the very beginning. Jesus came to be the savior of the world, not the savior of some people. Church, that's important. Jesus didn't come to save those who are good. Jesus didn't come to save those who were born in a specific region. Jesus didn't come to save people who he thinks would be saved, but he came to save the world. He came that the world may be saved and not that one person would not be saved. So every one of us, whether we believe it or not, we need saving. That's why he came. No matter how good you are, no matter how much you give to people, no matter how much you go to church, we all need saving because the creator who created us and gave us life decided that we needed to be saved. So he came to save us. And so we're so grateful. This is why we can celebrate him today. The wise men, they were seeking the king, but Herod was afraid of the king and wanted to destroy him. Some people, they will be afraid of Jesus, and others will seek Jesus. 
When we're afraid of Jesus, we make all kind of excuses and reasons. He not real. How can you serve a God that you can't see? We say all kind of things. As I'm getting older, I, I, I don't even get to the word of God sometimes just to talk to people. I just talk to them out of common sense sometimes. Because how can you serve a God you can't see? I would say, how can you breathe breath that you can't see? It's so many things that we, I've understood when I start to hear certain things, I just say in my mind without responding, okay, there's something going on in this person's life and they don't want to acknowledge certain things. So let's just not talk about that. I'm processing all of that in my mind as I'm having the discussion because I'm not going to go down the road of telling you, oh, you're wrong and go back and forth with you because if truly we want to know Jesus, it's, it's not hard to figure out that he's real. It's not hard to figure out that he was the one that created us. It, it, it's not hard. It is no surprise that Herod tried to kill Jesus for Herod alone wanted to bear the title king of the Jews. But there was another reason Herod wanted to kill Jesus. Herod was not a full-blooded Jew. He was actually a descendant of Esau. This is a picture of the old struggle between Esau and Jacob that began even before they were born. It is the spiritual versus the carnal and the godly versus the ungodly. That will never change until Jesus come and wrap this thing all up. The wise men were seeking the king. Herod was opposing the king, and the Jewish priests were ignoring the king. These priests knew the scriptures and pointed others to the Savior, but they would not go to worship him themselves. I'm afraid, church, that we would be Christians, and we would be telling everybody about this Jesus that we know, but we won't worship this Jesus that we know. If I will be honest with you, I will tell you, I believe that's one of the reasons why a lot of people haven't been following Jesus is because those of us that profess we are Christians and that we follow Jesus, they're not seeing enough evidence in our life for them to say, let me follow Jesus too. But if we will model what we say we are in deeds, I believe a whole lot of more people will begin to follow Jesus and live for him because they will see it in our life and realize who Jesus is through the life that we live. We got to model Jesus, church. We've got to model him like we've never modeled anything else in our life. We got to live for God like we've never lived for him like anything else in our life. We have to live for him that others can see the difference between godly and ungodly. We want people to see the difference. And, 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 and you can't show them the difference by being mean. Godliness doesn't mean you live mean. Godliness means you live in joy and love. So if we're going to model Christ, there's going to be joy and there's going to be love. Let's model Jesus. He came that people would know who he is, that we can be saved. And so Herod, here he is, just want to do away with Jesus. He had ulterior motives. Uh, the wise men... Uh, they, they were what we call Gentiles. <laughs> they, 
I see the hypocritical behavior in us so often. Let me show you something. And so people would say Christmas is a pagan holiday. Y'all celebrating Christmas. What's that all about? You ready for this? This is why we're going to, we got to be careful we don't miss out, Sister Tina. The wise men who were Gentiles obeyed and followed where Jesus was. The priests talked about it, but they never did anything about it. And Herod, who was considered the devil, he just wanted to go against Jesus. Look who responded and followed. Gentiles. Look who responded and followed. Somebody that's not saved. The saved people always got a lot to say, but they ain't doing nothing about it. Saved people always got a lot to say, but you ain't doing anything about it. It's the people that's just raw. They don't know a whole lot. All they know is here's a sign. Here's a revelation. I'm going to follow it until I see what this is all about. And then you have the devil. That's always going to be the devil. He can't help himself. He's just going to be the devil. He's just going to try to destroy everything. The wise men were overjoyed at finding the child. Let me tell you, when you really find Jesus, you will be filled with unspeakable joy. I don't know about you, but I'm living my best life since I've known myself. Not because of anything that this world has done for me, but I'm living my best life ever since I've known myself because Jesus is that good to me because of the salvation that I'm experiencing. And church, I'm here to tell you this morning, you can live your best life if you're living for Jesus. Don't you live your life to please yourself. It will frustrate you live your life to please Jesus I think about lately I've thought about my life so much I said God this life my, 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 my goddaughter made me think about this the other day Zori said to me it was my birthday and she said I don't know what to get a man who has everything that's not rich that's what my goddaughter said to me. She watched me from afar, and that's what she said. I didn't say this. She said, I don't know what to get for a person that is not wealthy but has everything. Can I tell you? I, I, I received that because I, I had to think back, and I'm like, man, she probably is right. But it's because of Jesus. It, I, church, I got it. It's because of Jesus. I don't have a need but for Jesus. I don't have a want. I just want Jesus. Because I've realized that the reason why I'm standing here today is because of Jesus. The reason why I have what I have is because of Jesus. The reason why I can think the way I think is because of Jesus. The way I, reason why I live the way that I live is because of Jesus. You will experience joy unspeakable when you live for Jesus. I don't know how many of you believe that. The Bible says that this child will bring joy. Joy. And us as Christians, we should be experiencing and living out the joy of the Lord. If you think becoming a Christian means putting on a long face and behaving like a person in a straitjacket, think again. Finding Jesus brings real joy that compares to nothing. This joy fills the soul and makes 
makes you glad. This joy comes from knowing all is well. You're okay. The Lord Jesus loves you and your future is secure. That's what this joy brings. The Bible tells us that as the wise men entered the house that day, they came bearing gifts. Gifts certainly fit for a king. They bowed before Jesus and worshipped him. And when they opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These gifts may seem spectacular to us. In actuality, they were ordinary gifts often given to kings as tribute. You know, in olden days, when you went to see someone, well, this, if you want to go way further back than that, when you went to see royalty, you always brought things, gifts, when you were going to see royalty. You brought them gifts. And so that's what they did in olden days. And even, even a few years back, not a few, but maybe about 30 years back, whenever you were going to someone, you know what? Foreigners still do this. I will say this. A lot of foreigners still do this because sometimes it's not even anything, you know, great. But they have this habit of when they're going someplace, they bring something for someone. Here you go. The person don't have to be in need. The person don't have to be hungry or struggling. It's just a great custom to say, I'm going to visit so-and-so. And you it don't have to be Christmas. It don't have to be birthday. It don't have to be anything. You just know I'm going to go visit so-and-so, and I'm going to bring something for them. This is a tradition that goes back in Bible times. So if you're still doing it, keep doing it because it's good. It's a good tradition. Wise men brought gifts, and they worshiped. Those gifts were spectacular, but it was what the wise men had. The wise men recognized Jesus as king and treated him as such. The wise men recognized Jesus as king and treated him as such. The wise men recognized Jesus and treated him as such. Many have speculated as to the symbolism of the three gifts. The Bible talks about the three gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold was a gift for a king. Frankincense, also called incense, a glittering, odorous gum obtained from the bark of certain tree was a gift for a deity. Myrrh, a valued spice and perfume, also came from trees and was used in embalming. Thus, it was a gift for a person who was going to die. These gifts certainly would have provided financial resources for Joseph and Mary's trip to Egypt and back. If you know the story well, you knew Herod was after them and they had to leave where they were because Herod was trying to kill the baby. They had to leave from where they were and travel to Egypt and then came back. Well, they had no money because guess what? The Lord decided he was going to come through the birth of a virgin who didn't have much and who wasn't rich or anything like that. Here we go again. God doing things through and with people that we think is the least of them. Can I tell you a secret? I heard this before. I heard Vesta Mangan uh, talked about this many years ago. Vesta Mangan, for those of you that don't know, uh, I think she's 96 now, and she's preaching hard. 96 years old. Got to see her preaching hard, bringing the smoke, right? So she's still going. But when her and her husband took over 
a church in Alexandria, Louisiana, probably uh, probably over some 70 years ago. Uh, they were witnessing and evangelizing and trying to reach the lost. And one day, um, the Lord led her to talk to someone in a bar. Now, she always say, I don't rec- recommend this to everybody. But she just felt like the Lord told her to go in the bar. It was somebody that was getting ready to commit suicide, and God used her to talk to the person, and the person got delivered and got saved. But here's the gist of the story. After that, the Lord said to Vesta, if you will reach for the drunks, if you will reach for the alcoholics, if you'll reach for the homeless, if you'll reach for the people that are less fortunate, I will give you rich people in your church. God told her that. If you ever go to that church today, judges, Governors, lawyers, the head football coach for the big football programs. I'll go on and on and on because I believe it's a method that the Lord uses all the time. And the Lord will not trust you with great things until you know how to handle small things. We want God to bless us with big things and we want God to do great things in our life. But what God is saying First, be faithful with the little things. Show me you can be responsible with the little things. And when you can handle the little things, then I will trust you with great things. As a church, we can decide who we want to reach. As a church, we are to reach who God directs us to reach. I don't care what their status is in life. I don't care where they came from. I don't care what nationality. I don't care what culture. I don't care what kindred or tongue. Whoever the Lord said to reach, that's who we need to reach. I don't care who they are. And we've got to get a mindset like that and say, God, send me to whomever. Send me to them. I will speak to whoever because we know God is a God of all people and not just some people. That's what he's about. The Virgin Mary wasn't someone of status. She was just the old girl that lived in a mountainside. She didn't have much. But that's who he decided he would come through. Talk to him when you get to heaven about that. The wise men were given something of value. When we talk about gifts, it should be something of value. We're all... uh, or all of us have something of value to give. Say, say to your neighbor, I've got something valuable to give. All of you have something valuable to give. All of you have something valuable to give. <laughs> we all have something of value to give. Maybe that is our wealth. For the wise men, those gifts certainly held monetary value. But when I read the biblical terminology of giving gifts, I think that is not always talking about money. I'm often left pondering a different angle. Instead of money, could the gifts we are to give be our talents? Could the gift we're supposed to give be, a, be our abilities that's at our disposal? And so God is looking for us to bring gifts to him. But many times we're thinking it's money. Listen, if you've got money to give, give money. But I think most of, of the time God is saying the talents. Yeah. 
the abilities that I've given you. That's what I'm looking for as a gift from you. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to know what you are good at. It's quite another thing to give that gift to Christ. It's seen, it's, it's, it's seen I have seen, and, and from time to time watch how we have gifts. We, we show that we have gifts, have gifts, but the challenge is, what do we do with the gifts? Let me just mess with you real quick, because I'm getting ready to get out of here in a second. Those of you who can work and make a living, and you do well on your job, you might think that you went and studied and got that education, but I'm here to tell you, the Lord Jesus Christ was the one that kind of worked that in, in you. Whether you're a nurse, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're an accountant, whatever you are, manager, whatever you are, just whatever you are, Sister Patrice, whatever you are, God has given that to you. And so when you go on the job and people see how you do your job in the way that you do, don't take a whole lot of credit. When they tell you how good you are, they say, well, God has been good to me and he's working through my life. And what I'm here to tell you that all of us, no matter what the gift is, it came from God. It's not because you're so gifted. It's not because you're so talented. You didn't give that to yourself. So before you think that however you're living and what you're doing is because of you, think again. Think again. I read in the scripture where the Lord told Jeremiah, I have ordained you a prophet before you was even formed in your mother's womb. So gifts and talents already was formed by God in you before you even was created, before you was even birthed. God formed his gifts in you. So you came out of the womb with gifts that God gave you, not gifts that you earned. God gave those gifts to you. God gave you the mind that you have. God gave you the understanding that you have. And so all the gifts that you have, God gave it to you. You might not have known it, but now you know it. And God is asking you to bring the gifts back to him. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. God is so good. The gifts that God gives you, yes, it's to bless you. But always remember, this is Christmas Sunday. Always remember what you have. You have to give to God first before you give to anybody else, including yourself. Anybody smart, or you might have heard this, that if you work, you make sure you take 10 or 20% of your pay first off the top and put it in savings. Did anybody, you ever heard that? You never heard that? I'm, I'm, Christians, I know you got to give your tithes first. I'm not, I'm, that's, I'm not saying that. As a Christian, I'm getting to that part. But what I'm telling you is a person that will do well when you work and you get paid, what you want to do is you want to take 10 or 20% off the top and put it up for savings. That's for you. Then you pay your bills. Well, before you take care of you, you got to take care of God. So whatever you have, whether it's money, abilities, talents, you need to give it to God first. Then you, then the bills, and then everything else that you do. Why do you give to God first? Because God will multiply what you have and keep blessing you. If you take care of you first, tell me how you're going to multiply your abilities. Tell me how you're going to afford your abilities. You can't. But when you give it to God first, what you're saying is, I recognize that what I have came from you, and I wanted to keep on flowing, so I'm giving it back to you. 
Give it to God first. First Peter 4 and 10 tells us that each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. And perhaps Matthew says it even better. He quotes Jesus as saying, freely you have received, freely give. That's Matthew 10 and 8. So what we have, gifts, talents, and abilities, we receive those freely. God gave them to us. God has graciously gifted you with talents and abilities. He wouldn't have given them to you for no reason. His expectation is that not one of the gifts that he has given us go to waste. Giving your gifts to yourself is a waste. All of us need to realize we need to live our life that somebody else benefits. Uh-oh. 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 Every person in this room and in our world, we must live our life that someone else benefits. What did I just say this morning about giving? You missed it, huh? When you give, it blesses you. (laughs) I thought I said that earlier, and you all didn't catch this back here. When you give, it blesses you, and it blesses the person who receives. Same thing with your talents and abilities. When you give it, it blesses who you give, and it blesses you. But we are so locked in and always processing to see whether or not I'm going to get something out of this or not that we miss it. Can I give you something deep this morning? I shouldn't shouldn't be giving nothing deep on Christmas morning. So I ask God all different kind of questions. And I ask God why it seems like there are certain things in life that we are readily ready to do but other things that's pertaining to him, we're not so ready to do it. And I said, Lord, why is that? You ready for the answer? We're selfish. Probably we can spend the rest of our life praying this prayer and we'll be on the right track. Lord, take all of the selfishness out of me. Lord, remove all of the self-centeredness that I have. Lord, purge me from just wanting what I want all the time and let me begin to understand making someone else happy or giving to someone that they're benefited from what I give. We have to pray that prayer, church, because if we will be honest with ourselves, we live our lives to benefit ourselves in every aspect of our life. We're not thinking about anybody else. We're always thinking about when I do this, how does it profit me? If it don't profit me, I'm good. Even sometime in your giving, because you give because some people give so people can so they can feel like people owe them. Be careful with that. You're giving so you can control people. Oh yeah, yeah they owe me. You know what? You know you know all I've done for them. Some people give for that reason. But if you ever give out of just love, just wanting to see people 
happy, just want to see people benefited, just want to see people blessed, just want to see people life better. If you ever give from that standpoint, you will really get to experience God's glory like you've never seen it. Give so God can be pleased. Don't give so you can be benefited. So people are looking at you like, oh, look at so-and-so. They're so good to people. All right, let me go back to Christmas message, Christmas message, Christmas message. So the challenge is simple. Ask yourself, have I brought my gifts to give to the Lord Jesus this morning? As we celebrate Christmas, did we bring our gifts to give to Jesus this morning? Your talents, your abilities, whatever you have, did we bring it to give to Jesus? I am holding back on using my gifts that will glorify God. That's what some of us are doing. We're holding back on some of our gifts that will glorify God. All right, here I go as I close this morning. The wise men entered the house and worshiped Jesus for who he is. This is the essence of true worship. Worshiping the Lord for who he is, not what he can do. Remember I told you, be careful when you're living for God because you want to go to heaven. It might start out that way, but hopefully you will grow and mature in Christ and realize we don't live for God to go to heaven. We live for God to have a relationship with him and live the best life we can live that will affect others in a positive way. That's really what we want to do, is to live life to please God. Not live life to get whatever we want. We can learn something from the actions of the wise men. Watch the wise men, and maybe we can take something from them. Finishing up here. They inquired of the star they had seen. What God does is God reveals himself to us. In case we don't know how this whole thing works. God will reveal himself to us in different ways. Whether it's a star to say he's being born. Whether it's sending a preacher to preach for you. Whether it's doing just the supernatural where you're like, what is going on here? But God will reveal himself to us in some way, shape, or form so we can begin to seek him. That's where it starts. God revealed himself to us. And so there's a few people in here. There's a few people in here today. You're here today. You might not be all in, but you're here today because you said to God one day, if you will spare my life, God, I will serve you. You're here today. And God, spare your life. That's his revelation to you that he's real. So sometimes we don't realize how God is revealing himself to us. Well, he has revealed himself to some of you here this morning by sparing your life when you asked him. That's revelation. That's him saying, I'll save your life. Now the question is, what did you do when he saved your life? That's the Holy Ghost. They made it to the house, the wise men did, where he was 
where the baby was. And they entered into the house. So the wise men, revelation, they seek the Lord from the revelation that they received. They pursued him from the revelation that they received. When they got to the house where he was, come to the building, the church. When they got to the house where he was, they humbled themselves in the presence of the king. They acknowledged his authority. Uh huh. They acknowledged his authority to the point where they worshiped him. They bow. They acknowledged that he was the sovereign God who is to be worshiped. They recognized his guidance in their life. They exalted him as the rightful king. Revelation, when God reveals himself to us, we need to pursue. We need to find out what God is trying to say to us. And we need to go to the house of God. And when we go to the house of God, you just don't show up, but you show up in the house of God with an attitude of, I'm here to meet the king. I'm here to see the king. I'm here because I believe he has shown me a sign and I've come to worship him. I didn't just come to look at you. I came to worship the king. And that's why I'm here at the house where the king is. This is the king's house. And I've come to the king's house to worship him, to acknowledge him as my God. I've come to the king's house. They worship him. And after they worship him, they gave their gifts. Where your treasure is. You know what that means? If I come to church, the house of God, and I acknowledge him and bow before him and worship him, that's great and that's wonderful because I'm recognizing him as king. But when I start giving him my gifts, you know what it means? I'm staying in the house because I'm not giving up my gifts and let it go to waste. (laughs) So when you come to the house, the reason why some of us don't stay in the house is because we don't give our gifts in the house. And as long as you hold it back on your gift, you will not remain in the house. But if you give your gifts while you're in the house, you will stay in the house because you're making a deposit in the house because you're saying, I have come to stay and give my gifts in the house of God. Come on, somebody, hear me this morning. We can learn from the wise men by coming to the house and bowing and worshiping and then giving our gifts. You know what else they did? Then they were warned, remember? Don't go back the same way you came. Go back another way. When you come to the house and you worship the king of kings and you give your gifts to see the king, uh, his, his plan go forward. Remember that the gift that was given was used for what? Oh, my God. This is whew. the gift that was given. Remember, we says gold, frankincense, myrrh. Why was it given? Yes, because you go when you do the right thing and give to the king. But here is the other reason why it was given. It was given because Mary and Joseph was poor and they needed to travel and they had nothing. They needed they needed money to move around. And so when the gift was given, it was used so they could move around. When you give your gift, it is a support. It is to finance God's plan. We don't 
don't see it like that, but I'm, that's why I'm here this morning to tell you. Our gifts that we give, whether it's financial or whether it's our talents, it doesn't matter. God's got enough people out there that when we all come together, some give money and some give talents. We will all give something, and when everything comes together, it moves God's plan. It moves God's plan. It moves the kingdom when we all come together and give what we're supposed to give. So they, give, they gave their talents. And then God spoke to them, and they obeyed. You see, when you start investing, you start obeying. That's true all across the board. Whether it's investment in stock markets, Brother D, tell them. There are certain rules and certain things you got to do when you invest in the stock market. You got you to follow what you got to follow. If not, you lose everything. That's the world. But in the kingdom, when you start you know, giving and, and investing in the kingdom, guess what will happen? You will start following in obedience. <laughs> As we keep the customs of Christmas, let's do it with the right motive in celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, by worshiping him. We need to make sure we give what's most valuable to us, our possessions, our abilities, our talents. We need to give that to him. We need to make sure that we give ourselves to worship, that we obey his instructions. And when we do all of that, we would have given gifts that's fit for a king. Let's stand. Gifts fit for a king. I hope I didn't miss anything. I hope you followed me all the way through and you were able to understand that you have valuables. You have gifts that you can offer the king this morning. And not just this morning, but any other time. You have gifts that you can offer the king. All you have to realize is just saying, what am I doing with the gifts that I have? Y'all singing, come on and sing. We like to hear y'all sing. We want to worship with y'all. Y'all sing and we lift our hands. Y'all sing and we sing too. But they're offering their gifts that's fit for the king. That's what they're doing. So this is their way of offering their gifts that's fit for king. Brother Andre's offering his gift. That's fit for a king. Brother Scarlett is offering his gift. That's fit for a king. Sister Patrice is offering her gift. That's fit for a king. Now the question is for us. Are we offering our gifts? That's fit for a king. And can I tell you, if you will worship him, you're offering your gift. That's fit for a king. If you will praise him, you're offering your gift. That's fit for a king. <laughs> Oh, God, we love you this morning. We're so thankful, Jesus, that we can be in your house. We've come, Lord, to crown you king of kings in our life. We've come, Lord Jesus, to give you honor and praise for who you are. We don't need you to do anything great for us. We don't need you to do 
any miracles for us. We're just here to let you know that we honor you and we adore you and we praise you and we magnify your name and we exalt your name because you are God all by yourself and great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. We're thankful this morning, oh God, because you have been so good. But Lord, that's not why we worship you. Today would be just such a wonderful day to give your life to God. Can you imagine someone says, I gave my life to Jesus on Christmas 2022. If you've never given your life to the Lord, you can do so today by coming to the front and says, I want to be born again. Because the Bible says, without being born again of the water and of the spirit, we cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You can give your life today to Jesus. You can be born again. You can be set free today. God can do a miraculous work in your life and you will walk out of here changed, transformed, delivered. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord. Oh, there is none like you, Jesus. Somebody lift your hands to the Lord today. Lift your hands to him. Close your eyes and make this about you and him. Begin to just talk to him about what you feel, what you think, what you know about him. Just say, Jesus, I humble myself before you this morning. I realize that you came to save us. I realize that our talents and our abilities came from you. And Lord, I realize that what we need to do is give back our talents, give back our abilities to you and we need to give them to you that you are glorified that you are magnified all in the earth for who you are and what you've done let's worship the king of kings today oh today we celebrate his birth him coming into this world to save us from our sins to shed his precious blood and today we can celebrate oh Jesus and you are. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I my hands. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you again. Yes, Lord. Oh, glory. All that I have is a hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I know it's not much. Nothing else fit for a king. Except for
praise you again and again. So that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. And I know it's not much, nothing else fit for a king, except for a heart singing hallelujah, about to get out of here if we just take a couple more moments just to worship our king this morning we know there's nothing else fit for a king like jesus we bless your name we bless your name jesus oh we worship you jesus there's no one like you lord Shy on me, lift up your song. Cause you got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Great are you. Continue to worship the Lord right now. Can we just lift our hands in the awesome presence of the Lord? Awesome presence of the Lord. Right now we are coming to the close of this wonderful Christmas service and we have persons here are needing for prayer and sometimes you feel intimidated if someone didn't come with you if uh, to, to the altar. If someone who has a desire to come to the altar, trust me, this is the safest place you can be. I know it's sometimes to step out, it seems intimidating, but there is an opportunity for you that you can be prayed for. Whatever need you need, you need, you came here for, you can be here to hear the voice of God and speak to your heart. I know they're hard 
a man wants to know what next for me. What's next? Trust me, we can take you by the hand. Sister Ugama is going to Nigeria for a few weeks, and we need to pray for her safe travels. We want God to keep her. We want God to bring her back safely. And she has surprises for us when she comes back. I won't tell you what those surprises are, but she has surprises for us when she comes back. So we're going to pray for her travel mercy. We're going to pray for healing here. We're going to pray that God blesses these two young ladies. Come on, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for Ogama, Lord Jesus, that as you, O oh God, continue to work in her life, let no harm nor danger come to her. We pray that you will keep her, that your hands will be upon her, that no harm nor danger, that the angels of the Lord will encamp round about her, Lord God. Bless her goings and her comings. I pray for provision, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will bless her, Lord. Have your way in her life, Lord Jesus. Keep her, Lord. Bring her back safely, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray for Mama Thomas, Lord, that, Lord, you will keep her. Touch her body, crown of her head, sole of her feet. We pray healing like never before in the name of Jesus Christ. Touch her, Lord. Have your way, Lord, in her body. We pray for Sister Maddie, Lord God, that, Lord, the healing virtue of the Lord will flow throughout her body, Lord. Eradicate all diseases and ailments, Lord. We will make her whole from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet. We pray healing and wholeness and blessings and strength and power. Have your way in her life, Almighty God, like never before. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, bless these young ladies. Bless them, Lord. Save their souls. Protect them, Lord. Let your hands be upon them, Father. Let the will of God be done like never before. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We bless your name. We praise your name. It's all good. Continue praising him. Continue worshiping him. Let God have his way. Let God have his way. Let the blessings of God flow in your life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, church. from you are all things and to 
ਬਣਿਆ ਮੇਰਾ ਹੋ